What's up, Pistons fans? How are we doing? Uh, welcome back to the Three Rings podcast. It has been a minute. It's been, I think, what, over a month now, but don't worry, everyone. We are back. My name is Neil Sinha, and I'm joined with the Nikes group and Aiden Mulcrone. And we are very excited to, you know, get going with this season. The preseason just started up. The Pistons played their first preseason game just last night against the San Antonio Spurs. The regular season starts up in 12 days with, you know, the Nets-Lakers game, some other interesting ones. And then, of course, the Pistons start up their regular season against the Chicago Bulls on October 20th. So, like I said, we are back. We're, we're sorry for the the little pause that we had, though, to be honest, there wasn't that much content to talk about. Um, but yeah, so I guess let's get into it, guys. Um, so like I said, Pistons played their first preseason game against the Spurs yesterday. They won that game pretty handedly, um, though there were a few different runs throughout the game that, you know, made it pretty interesting. But what were your guys' thoughts on that? What would you think? Were there certain players that you really liked or thought played really well? Were there certain, you know, X's and O's that you saw from Dwayne Casey that were different than last year? What do you guys think? I mean, they jumped out to, like, an incredible start. They had 39 in the first quarter and were 7 for 10 from 3. Um, that, was, that was pretty impressive. And I was like, okay, I guess this is – the new and improved Pistons. And I just like the floor spacing because if you would have told me what, three years ago with with that team that they were, you know, that they were going to have like this floor spacing where one through five could like, you know, go, they could go five out and like just move the ball like a, a lot better. I wouldn't have believed you, but like they had – Olenek was, you know, was was pretty solid. Um, Isaiah Stewart, you know, he was he was able to to work from outside the three. Um, it 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 was just pretty good uh, spacing. There was some good chemistry. I, I know we talked about that during summer league about chemistry with you know some of the young core, and obviously Cade and uh, Killian weren't playing. But I think I think there was some stuff there. Obviously, um, it is preseason, and obviously, like the Spurs are probably a bottom like five or ten team in the league right now. So, like, take it with a grain of salt. But also, definitely looked a lot like better and a lot more improved. And yeah, I mean, obviously, they're not going to shoot that well every game. But also just yeah, look it looked uh good and good good first game back. Yeah, no, I was really impressed with the floor spacing, like you mentioned. Like our bench, our bench this year. Last year it was annoying seeing the veterans play, but this year they're gonna probably help us win some games. Like I think our Canadian trio of uh, Corey Joseph, Trey Lyles, and uh, Kelly Olynyk. Is definitely going to snag us a couple of wins. I was really impressed by Kelly Olenek, first of all. My man's Kelly Olenek's got hops. He's, he's He was blocking some people. And, you know, just a refreshing take from Mason Plumley. who Mason Plumley is a great – he's a good player. He's a solid center, but he just can't shoot the ball, and that really put us at a disadvantage. Or, I mean, he would shoot the ball, but it would be like an ugly mid-range shot. So it was just good to finally see floor spacing. It would – the pick and pop is going to be deadly. I'm excited to see Cade and Kelly Olenek get out with the pick and pop. And also, 
let's talk about Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles hit three three pointers. Um, Trey Lyles did say some harsh words about Detroit, and like he still hasn't like made up for it. You know, he said Detroit's one of the worst cities, but you know, in the meantime, you know, he's flashing threes. So if he can do that, that's going to be big. And then Corey Joseph is just is just so stable at the point guard position. I'm not sure if Saban Lee is going to get much playing time. I honestly think he's going to go to the G League. But Corey Joseph, just as a veteran, he's just so efficient. And he's, he's just doing a great job managing the second unit. Also, we can talk about the starters, too. Um, uh, Sadiq Bey was really impressive in his um, – and it's just he just looks like he has a more feel for the game. And he wants to do more than just be a 3 and D specialist. You know, he could be that, like, Jay Crowder role, someone who's just a 3 and D guy. But you can tell he really wants to work on his playmaking, you know, get better as a mid-range shooter. And we saw flashes of it um, in this game. He would drive, do a little fadeaway close to the rim. He does tend to shoot the ball short. I know uh, Neil, me and Neil, we were talking about it. He, he does tend to shoot the ball short, but, you know, I'm just glad to see, you know, him, you know, just improve his game in different areas. And I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the season as well, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, I thought this was a pretty interesting game and, you know, I've never been one to really buy into anything when it comes to the preseason for sure. Um, but I thought I thought it was a good game for Detroit. They showed a lot of different things, in my opinion. So the first thing I'll talk about is that Kelly Olynyk is just going to sit on the perimeter. <clears throat> I mean, when he was in, he did not go in the paint at all. He was just sitting on the perimeter. And basically the way that they would get him going offensively is run a little pick and pops um, with him. And he'd just sit on the perimeter, get the ball from like Corey Joseph and then splash a three. But it's just it's 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 interesting to me because it's just so different from the Mason Plumley that we were used to. And again, no knock on Mason Plumley; he's a good player. However, Kelly Olynyk just completely changes things up. I mean, he is an absolute floor spacer. He's the definition of it. And in general, I thought the second unit actually looked really, really good. I was very impressed by that. I think Corey Joseph is a fantastic veteran to have with this team. Kind of like you said, Vinayak. I don't think. I'd be honest, I'm not a Saban Lee fan. <laughs> I started to really not like him over the summer in the summer league because I just wanted him to pass the ball to Cade and Killian. But Mans would just hold on to the ball and then try to drive in and do his own thing. But and also, let me just say, his three-point shot looks so ugly. I mean, it might be worse than Vinayak's shot. Oh, my like, <laughs> Hey. But <laughs> it is bad, man. But, hey, hopefully, hopefully he figures it out. I'm just saying, though, I can't and and I don't think Dwayne Casey in good conscience can genuinely say that Saban Lee deserves the backup point guard role over Corey Joseph. I just I don't see it happening. So we'll see. I mean, again, hopefully he gets better. But yeah, also with that second unit, by the way, Hamadou Diallo looked pretty good in the limited playing time that he had. But I was disappointed with Dwayne Casey in that I was hoping that Diallo would get more playing time. In general, I hope that once Cade's healthy, we see a few lineups of the Diallo-Cade backcourt because I think that's something that could possibly work. I get that Hamadou Diallo isn't a very good three-point shooter, but if he can get better at that, I think him and Cade in the backcourt would be pretty, you know, I think they would be pretty solid. So, so yeah. And then another quick thing I'll mention, by the way, Detroit got out-rebounded 57-41 to 41 in this game. And it's not like the Spurs are a big team. They definitely play more of a traditional big man offense. 
However, that was a little concerning. I think this is something that we actually mentioned over the offseason with, you know, Isaiah Stewart being a six foot eight center with Kelly Olenek really kind of being a sit on the perimeter type of guy. So that would be something to really look out for, I think, in the future with this team. But one one guy that I wanted to talk about with you guys real quick is Josh Jackson. I mean, how about that game, man? 16 points, um, 6 of 12 uh, from the field. He looked pretty good. He showed quite a few flashes, I think. But I know Vinayak and I have talked about this in the past where he's the type of guy that he'll give you, you know, 35 points one game and then go oh for 17 the next like he's also the type of guy to like shoot you back into a game from being down 20 but then also lose it at the very end so i was just wondering you know what do you guys think of josh jackson right now do you think he takes that next step in his development that every scout in the nba has been waiting for since he got drafted fourth overall in 2017 um uh i don't know I, I can't I can't tell you that definitively right now, but for the, the short answer is no, because like you said, he, he'll he'll uh, do it in spurts where, you know, one game he'll go off and others he won't. So um, this is a game where he looks like the number four pick and I'm sure next game he'll look like he's the number 49th pick. So. That 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 just it is what it is, and if if they can get him to be more consistent, then that helps. But I I just don't see it. It's, I mean, was how old is he now? He's twenty four, twenty. I think twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, like twenty four ish. So I mean, he's about to he's about to start entering his prime. So. You would hope that he he would uh, start doing it a little more consistently, um, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think we all want to see Josh Jackson be successful, specifically with the Pistons because he's from Detroit. But I mean, like you guys have mentioned, you know, last year there there was a lot of frustration with Josh Jackson because he would just his his IQ, his basketball IQ is just sometimes it's just so it's hard to watch i don't know it just it seems like he just doesn't know what he's doing on the court sometimes sometimes he's just like just dribbling the ball just turning the ball over he does play good defense but he's just turning the ball over taking bad shots so i do want to see him get better today was today was a good step my the only the only thing that makes me a little bit more optimistic about josh jackson is that last year he had to be kind of a primary ball handler because we didn't really have a true backup point guard at the time. I mean, you had Killian Hayes and then Corey Joseph until like the, the very end of the year. But now maybe with Corey Joseph handling the ball and Josh Jackson specifically playing with the second unit, maybe he can just be in a more off-ball role. But that does require for him to become a better shooter. So it is kind of uh, it's kind of hit or miss. you know. And some of the shots he hit were just tough shots overall and those weren't like necessarily high percentage shots they were just josh jackson being in the zone and when he's in the zone it's great but when he's not then it's just like eh. and then this is this also gets into a pretty um a discussion about frank jackson hamnu diallo (coughs) and josh jackson you know it's just like you have to probably play two of them you can't play all three for too much and then i still think even with this performance josh jackson is the odd man out because of his consistency issues but um I mean, I'm all for him balling out in the preseason and, you know, showing flashes for sure. But 
uh, yeah, he has, he has a long way to go before he earns the trust. And I think, I think he needs to improve his consistency. He needs to just start with just getting just efficient shots and shooting well from three. I think that's probably the way, you know, he gets, he gets a trust back. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I was going to add to that, by the way, is that the Pistons have kind of a log jam at the wing positions. And I know Josh Jackson isn't as much, you know, of a small forward or in general forward position, but they do kind of put him at the three from time to time. But when you look at the roster for Detroit right now, I mean, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, Rodney Magruder, technically too. You got Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson, Isaiah Livers, once he finally gets healthy, like they have a ton of wing players right now that they're going to have to figure out, you know, the minutes over there and with those positions. And so, like you were saying, and I, I'm not sure that Josh Jackson gets as many minutes as maybe he wants. So it's, you know, it's going to rely on the preseason and practices and the, all the extra reps that he gets right now for him to show that he can get that playing time and deserves that playing time. And so that's going to be something that is very important to watch for the next you know week or two, because I think I could see a situation where they start the regular season and he's getting like, I don't know, eight minutes a game. And that turns into four minutes after a month. And then he's out of the rotation completely. So he's got to, He's really got to show some stuff over the next week or two. Um, another thing I was going to talk about real quick, by the way, Jeremy Grant looked fantastic, in my opinion, last night. Uh, 19 points, 6 of 13 from the field. I thought he really is – I think he's kind of taking the next step in his development of becoming an actual star in the league. I truly believe, you know, his time playing with the USA team in the, with the Olympics – over the summer, I think that's really going to help him because, you know, anytime you're around guys like Kevin Durant, you know, Jason Tatum, those type of players, Devin Booker, they make you a lot better. And they they definitely helped him with a lot of things. And so hopefully um, we see that next step in his development. But yeah, I mean, I thought he looked great. And then again, like you guys said earlier, I think Sadiq Bey is showing some flashes with his development right now with, you know, his slashing abilities as well as playmaking too. So you know, that'll be something interesting to look forward to. And yeah, like I said, it's early, it's preseason, but we're just excited to see basketball. Right. And so the next thing I wanted to get into real quick is the Sekou Dumboya trade. So we've been, we've been out for quite a minute now, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, but the Sekou Dumboya trade first happened, um, I think what, like three weeks ago, guys. Right. And he was traded for, yeah, like four second round, picks uh or it was Seku and Jaleel Okafor for four second round picks and DeAndre Jordan now keep in mind most of the reason that this trade happened was that the Pistons ate up DeAndre Jordan's contract 7.8 million this year and then 7.8 million cap hit next year too but you get four second round picks for Seku who then gets traded two days ago to the Houston Rockets along with the second round pick for literally just cash savings. And then Seku got waived by the Rockets. So, you know, what do you guys think of that? I know he's someone that we had been talking about all of off season of someone who could possibly get traded. Cause none of us were really that impressed with Seku's, um, you know, playing in the summer league and so on. So what do you guys think of the trade? Does it help us a lot? I know it's just four second round picks, but you know, they got something for him. So what do you, what do you guys think? Um, I, 
I don't know. I felt like it's kind of it's kind of weird. No, so when he got traded to Brooklyn, I was really excited for him for his development because I'm like he's with his friend Bruce Brown. Him and Bruce Brown are like really really close friends. I thought it was like a great situation for him to you know learn with from KD and Kyrie and James Harden. Like it would and Blake Griffin's there too, so it seemed like a great situation. And then they traded him to the Rockets, and next thing you know, he's not on the NBA roster. And you know. It's it's weird because okay, if you look at it from the summer league perspective, like you look at him play from the summer league, even last year, you could tell he kind of just did not belong. And then like he didn't, I wouldn't say he did not belong, but like he he obviously looked out of place. He just um I don't know, he didn't the the flashes that were there in his rookie season all of a sudden just went away. It seemed like he really couldn't do anything. I mean, he's a okay defend, he's a good defender and he can slash well, but like that's all he does. And, you know, he still can't shoot the ball well. And this felt like he was one of those prospects that maybe was a little bit too raw. Like, I know we love to talk about raw prospects. We all see Giannis. We all see Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then we say every raw prospect can be like Giannis or like Pascal Siakam. You know, every raw prospect can be like those players. But, you know, most of the time there's a reason why that they are raw. So I feel like the jury's kind of, it's still, jury's still kind of out on Seiko, but it's going to be very hard for him to you know come back come back and make it to the nba let alone just get on a on a nba roster yeah i'm it's kind of saw it coming on paper it's a 20 year old with the with with a nice wingspan nice height with potential but i i don't know i think there there's probably some other reasons why he's not on a roster maybe he's not as like invested into the game i i won't say anything because we don't know that but um yeah did i feel bad for the guy but yeah, he he had his opportunity. He needed to show out, and he, I guess he just didn't as as much as we would have hoped. I think it's kind of laughable, honestly, because you look at Troy Weaver and all the trades he's made, and you you'd be like, hey, at least he got like a little bit of value for this guy. But he, he I mean, I'm I'm guessing he tried his best, and that's what he could get, and. They got DeAndre Jordan, which is now at the retirement home known as the Los Angeles Lakers. And I I mean, like, I'm glad they got rid of DeAndre Jordan, honestly, because I think he's bad for that team and, like, would be bad for the nucleus of this team. Um, so I'm glad they got rid of him. Um, I think that. I think the the opening up more cap space is probably more important than the four first or four second round picks because we I mean we talked about second round picks like if you can get if you can get like a couple years out of a guy that's a win so you know uh, I mean you said you said you said uh, one of the second rounders is from the Wizards so like obviously there's trouble in paradise with Bradley Beal. And all that other stuff going on there, so you could you could probably get like you know some like top forty pick maybe, but we'll see. Um, yeah, just I think I think it's just kind of funny, honestly, because they they tried with Siku, but they couldn't get anything for him. And four second round picks, I mean, that's some value considering he got waived, so. I mean, that's true, but like they trade. I mean, I know there are some Pistons uh, fans that still love Luke Kennard, but if they got a first rounder for Luke Kennard, which was more than I thought they could get. So, like, I- I'm just saying from that type of like value standpoint and weighing the- those uh, other trades, they didn't really get much. 
also Vinayaka, I, I hear you like raw players. Like a lot of raw. <laughs> Not yet. For sure. Yeah, no, I was I was just gonna add, um, kind of like you were saying, Aiden, <clears throat> one of the picks that they got is the Wizards 2022 second rounder, which, like you said, could very well turn out to be a top 40 pick. And, you know, when you have a type of really early second round pick and you have a bunch of other second rounders, you know, in your stockpile, you can kind of trade that pick along with another second rounder or even another one and move actually up into the first round. So I thought I thought it was a very good deal by Troy Weaver. The other thing I'll say is that, you know, I've been one advocate for cap space, cap space, cap space. However, I don't think if we're being honest, Detroit's going to be able to use that next summer just because, you know, Cade's too young. I don't, I realistically don't see the Pistons taking that big of a step this season to really be able to attract a star in free agency. So giving up that 8 million in cap space for next year, I don't think really means much. So I thought, I, again, I thought it was a pretty good trade. Um, you, again, they got four second round picks for a guy that's out of the league right now. So I thought it was a pretty good deal, though. Again, I guess more most of the second round picks were probably because of DeAndre Jordan's contract, but still, they got to be happy with that. And so I think from there, I was going to say the Pistons have been linked to a possible few other moves around the league right now. One of them being Ben Simmons. So <laughs> I know that we shouldn't probably be talking about this just because it's very unlikely. However, there have been a few reports that the Pistons are interested in Ben Simmons. They've actually been quoted as being a dark horse and trading for him. <laughs> what do you guys think on this? Like, would it be a good idea to trade for Ben Simmons? I kind of have a big personal opinion, which I'll get into after you two go. But yeah, what, what do you guys think? Uh, uh I don't know. Um I, okay, I do think this is Troy Weaver doing his due diligence as GM. I don't think it's anything more serious than that. But um, a trade for Ben Simmons would kind of just, like, go against literally everything that they've been talking about, like, from their press conferences about, you know, we want to restore the Pistons. We want players that play hard, are good people. Like, I don't know. I, I think Ben Simmons kind of has, uh, a, like, an ego problem. And also, you've heard stuff how he says, like, he doesn't want to – he wanted to just play in teams in California – like, do you really want that from your star playing star player saying, I want to play for teams in California? I want a young socialite, as some people have some people have called him. Now, on paper, Ben Simmons is a talented player, and he would elevate the ceiling of the team, whether we'd want to admit that or not. But it it does doesn't seem like as worth it. I I don't know. Like, I guess you would trade Jeremy Grant and Killian Hayes. I don't know why the Sixers would even like do that unless they really like Jeremy Grant. I think they could probably get more value, but um, yeah, just what Cade and Ben Simmons, that just gets awkward. Like, who's the point guard at that point? And then you know, you we in the summer league, we all come, we all hated Cade being off ball, but Ben Simmons comes here. That's the you you have to play him on ball because the dude just cannot shoot. So I don't. I think there's better fits for Simmons and just for the Pistons in general. I'm I'm staying away from Ben Simmons, but and I bet you guys are too. But yeah. I mean, I talked. I talked about the Andre Jordan being bad for the Pistons nucleus. Ben Simmons would be twice as worse, if not three times as worse. He would. That would suck. But like, 
I mean, also let's not forget the the fact that Josh Jackson bitched him. Yeah, um, can't forget that. <laughs> don't don't forget that. So, um, but in the in the case that it does happen, I feel like it would be a lot like it would be a mix of you know the Blake Griffin trade and the uh, a- and Avery Bradley because like when we, when we traded for Avery Bradley, I was like, oh, like okay. Like I like I like this. I kind of I kind of like where this is going. And then he got here, and it was like, no, this was awful. This was stupid. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, no, I wouldn't touch him with a twenty foot pole. But yeah, that's just me. <laughs> so, Neil's ready for his tangent. <laughs> I was just gonna say, dude. This is possibly the this would be possibly the stupidest decision in the history of the Pistons. And let me just say this has been a very dumb organization the last decade. But I mean, my God, Ben Simmons, like you were saying, Manike, so many people have been complaining of Cade being off ball, you know. And I was like, I was thinking about this last night, actually, when I was thinking about the Pistons and Killian Hayes. I kind of think Killian Hayes is somewhat similar to Ben Simmons in that. He's a fantastic defender, an amazing playmaker, but he can't shoot the ball. I mean, at least the thing with Killian is there's some potential there. The issue with Ben Simmons is we don't even know if he's shooting with the right hand. Like, this dude cannot – he would not raise the ceiling of the Pistons at all. And if you put him with Cade Cunningham, I just – I don't see it being a good fit. I mean, Cade, in my opinion, needs to have the ball. The only person that I think – they should give it up to would be Killian Hayes if he can figure it out, but no way you trade for Ben Simmons. And I mean, let's also think who would they have to give up? Cause a, a lot of people were saying it would be Jeremy Grant. Like you're telling me you would trade Jeremy Grant, a guy who averaged 22 points, looked fantastic. Literally last night played with the Olympics team, won a gold medal <laughs> for Ben Simmons. Like, come on, man. It's just, by the way, he's a dude who wants to be there too. Exactly. That's the other thing. Jerry Grant fully, fully wants to be with Detroit. He fully bought into everything. Ben Simmons is, I mean, we've heard all the diva stuff going on over the summer. And to be fair, I actually, I will say, I think a lot of that is that he just wants to get out of the Sixers. I don't think he's necessarily as, you know, toxic as it's been coming out to be. I just think he needs to get out of there and he'll be fine because there hadn't really been many reports about him being, you know, that type of toxic personality up until this offseason. But again, does he want to be in Detroit? I don't think so. Do many players want to be in Detroit? I don't think so. Let's let's be honest here. And Ben Simmons, I don't think he helps us that much realistically. So, yeah, I think I fully agree with you guys. I would not touch him, especially also with Daryl Morey's price tag. I would not even come close to touching him. If if Daryl Morey really thinks he's going to get four first-round picks and a quality young player for Ben Simmons – He's absolutely out of his mind, unless he's just trying to highball people. But it's not, yeah, I, no, I don't want to hear it from Pistons fans. He should not be coming to Detroit. It would not be a good fit. And that's it. One thing I will ask you guys, though, where, what's a possible trade destination for Ben Simmons? Like, where do you think, what team would be a good place for Ben Simmons to go? Um, Off the top of my head. The first one that comes to mind is probably like the Pacers. I think the Indiana Pacers would be a decent fit. I think 
him and Sabon. Or actually, no, no, you know, I take this back. No, the Timberwolves. I would say the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves would be the per. We actually discussed this. I took, I took, I'm sorry, I took your. Uh, he completely took it from me, man. <laughs> the Timberwolves getting another first number one overall pick with that. Exactly. No, but like uh, Neil, Neil was mentioning this too, like just how Carlton uh, Towns can, is a much more of a better shooter than Joel, Joel Embiid can shoot the ball, but he's a little bit more traditional back to the basket. Carlton Towns can space the floor a little bit. You have a dynamic scorer in Anthony Edwards, which is something with the Sixers are missing. Although I do think the Sixers would probably want Anthony Edwards in that trade. But um, I think, I think Minnesota would, would give him the best chance to thrive. You know, he gets the ball in his hands or just anywhere he can get the ball and he can just control the offense and do his own thing. So whether that's in Minnesota, whether that's in Indiana, whether that's in Cleveland, I think the uh, the main idea is just Ben Simmons needs to just be the primary initiator and he needs probably a scoring guard. I think that's kind of it for, for me, for Ben Simmons. Um, I mean, in terms of like actual possibilities, I think honestly, probably like it pains me to say this because I love Dame, but Portland, because I think Portland is just in no man's land and we know a lot about that. So I think, if, I mean, there were trade talks with Dame um, to Philly. So, I mean, I think that one makes the most sense just because like, if he and McCollum work, they work because McCollum's a really bad defender, but he's a good one. He's like a really good one-on-one scorer. Um, and like, if it if it flops, they're in the lottery looking for your top five pick probably because um, the West is not very forgiving. But in terms of like actual fit, I think Utah would be a really good place for him. I don't think that Utah would actually do that, but uh, yeah, uh, but that's that's what I think. So yeah, but Con obviously Conley's not uh not probably not going to leave soon. But yeah, yeah, no, I think I think those are two possible fits for sure. I mean, uh, I was talking about the Timberwolves for a while now. I think he would be a pretty good fit there um, for the sake of bringing up someone else though as a possible destination i'll actually talk about the brooklyn nets and so i know that this is going to sound crazy because i know this because Stephen a smith actually talked about this like a week ago or something and everyone on the internet and twitter was just roasting him like crazy saying he doesn't know about basketball but i fully think it's a good take i really believe if the brooklyn nets want to win the championship this year next year and the year after that i think ben simmons is the way to go and just hear me out on this like you guys were saying ben simmons needs to be in the ball handling role because he can't shoot he can't play off ball at all but he is an amazing defender too i mean people need to realize he was what second in the defensive player of the year voting last year he is a fantastic defender and so if i'm brooklyn And I'm dealing, especially right now, when they're dealing with issues with Kyrie Irving right now and the vaccination stuff, I trade Kyrie Irving in a heartbeat, not just because of the vaccination stuff. That I don't really really think matters as much, though. If he can't play home games, I think you got to get him out of there. But I think in terms of fit, Ben Simmons is a way better fit with the Brooklyn Nets than Kyrie Irving is. Because, listen, they already have two superstars in James Harden and Kevin Durant that you can rely on offensively. So if you get Ben Simmons, he makes their that 
way better on the defensive side of the ball because James is a, he's an average defender to be fair. Kevin Durant actually is an above average defender. Kyrie Irving is a God awful defender. He is so bad on that side of the ball. And so if you get Ben Simmons there, their defense gets better. They get bigger in general. And offensively, I think he helps the ball move because when you have three superstars like Irving Durant and Harden, you know, the ball can get a little sticky. Right. And so I think he helps them a ton defensively, like I said, and I think he helps them offensively too. Another other thing is that he's younger. He has a higher potential than possibly Kyrie Irving, because if he somehow figures out his shooting, which I kind of don't think he ever will, if he somehow does though, he would turn into an absolute superstar. So I think it makes sense in terms of fit for the Brooklyn Nets. If they do it or not, I don't know, but I'll also say I think Brooklyn needs to move on from Kyrie too with the vaccination stuff because if he can't even play 41 games of the season, and we already know about his injury history on top of that, I just don't think it makes sense to keep him there when you have someone like Ben Simmons available. So the next thing I wanted to get into, by the way, sorry for these horrible transitions. I got to get better at that. But (laughs) the next thing I want to get into is the NBA GM survey that came out uh, just two days ago. And so one of the questions that we wanted to talk about was the most, it was, it was a part of the miscellaneous section, but the question was who has the most promising young core in the NBA. And so keep in mind, these are actual NBA executives and general managers um, making these picks. The Atlanta Hawks received 50% of the vote and were number one, which I don't think is that big of a surprise, but to get that much of the vote is probably surprising. But the Houston Rockets were number two. Meanwhile, Detroit was just, they were one of the other receiving votes and were actually ninth um, in order. So I was going to ask you guys, does Houston have a more promising young core than Detroit? Or do we actually believe that the Pistons have a better future in young core? I Houston is is kind of interesting for me. It's It's a lot of like, you could technically, you could, you could argue that, that their core maybe has more potential. I think that's a fair argument. I think Jalen Green, Jalen Green probably has a, a higher ceiling than Kay Cunning. I've, I've heard that, and I think that's a legitimate thing, that Jalen Green has a higher ceiling. Um, KPJ, their draft was on paper looks good. Alfred Zangun, um, <coughs> Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher. But it just feels like a lot of their core is unproven compared to the Pistons. Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart are at least proven all NBA rookies and they're pretty solid players. What whether or not they're they become stars, maybe. Maybe the Rockets have like more potential to have stars, but I think Bay and Stewart are are solid players. I guess you look at like Killian Hayes, and then you can maybe see, you know, that's kind of a that's kind of a swing there. And then but we we got players. We have Diallo, we have Frank Jackson, we have Josh. Like I don't think the Rockets really have much other outside of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., you know. Like it just it just seems a lot of unproven. So it seems like GMs are projecting that these two players are going to be really good for the Rockets in the future. But um, yeah, it seems kind of it just seems kind of premature to put them at number two. I feel like you would at least want them to be a little bit like I would I would consider some other. Actually, no, I'm actually starting to think about it. It's actually kind of hard if you think about young cores, but you would think teams like I don't know, like the team like a Charlotte Hornets, like like they have Lamella Ball. You know, I feel like you would want players that are more proven. That's why the Hawks are number one, right? Because they went to the Eastern conference final. So I don't know. 
I don't know. It feels like it's a stretch. I think the Pistons and Rockets, though, are about even. And the Pistons can be better than the Rockets if Cade takes them to the promised land. It's just It comes down to Cade versus Jalen Green. I think... <laughs> KBJ is a is he's a solid player, but I mean there's still there's still holes in his game. You know the stats may look good, but you know he's still he's still sometimes inefficient. So that's that's where I'm that's where I am on it. I will say I think I think that's actually I'm saying the the GM survey I think that's accurate. I do think the Rockets are a little bit ahead of the rebuild right now. Um, which I mean KPJ had a lot better season than Killian last year. And obviously Jalen Green just is a bucket getter and like he's a a proven scorer and he's already probably going to, I mean, he's probably going to average like, you know, 19, 20 points a game this year. Um, So I do think that they are a little ahead in the rebuild, especially with a guy like Christian Wood which I don't think the Pistons really have a guy like him um, who who can really stretch the floor and is one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think they are a little bit ahead right now, but I don't think the, it really matters at this, at this point in time, because I do think that both of these teams need at least one but probably closer to three um, more drafts to figure all of this out and get a whole, you know, a whole, you know, two or three more off seasons to get a complete squad. And I think, I think that Pistons also have an easier path just being in the Eastern conference at the moment um, in, in their rebuild. So it makes their rebuild a little bit faster, but I will say that the Rockets are, ahead right now yeah I think you know it's a pretty interesting question uh to ask and I think there's definitely quite a few teams that you can pick for example obviously the Hawks like you guys said but Boston finished third in that voting the Grizzlies were also uh with Boston right there same thing the Pelicans and the Suns too and so I would agree with you guys in that those other teams are much more proven players you know or proven young players than Houston because I think it's a lot of extremely young pieces that haven't exactly shown it yet I mean you know we talked about how good good of a draft that they've had but we haven't seen Josh Christopher play an actual regular season game we haven't seen the same thing with Jalen Green I think Jalen Green's a surefire in my opinion surefire star he's gonna be good yeah but Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of kind of unproven pieces as well as an unproven fit together because I still don't believe that Jalen Green uh, and Kevin Porter Jr. as well as uh, Josh Christopher can play together. I don't think that that's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I think they have a good core. I personally would say that the Pistons right now have a more proven core, which is why I would say they have a more promising young core, just because, again, I think Sadiq Bey, he looked great in his rookie season last year. Same thing with Isaiah Stewart. And Killian Hayes, you never know. You know, the potential's there. Does he put it, put it together or not? We'll see this season. But And then on top of that, you got the number one pick in Kate Cunningham. So I would go with the Pistons. Aiden, I know you said that, you know, Christian Wood maybe is a type of player that the Pistons don't have. I would argue that 
they do have that with Jeremy Grant. Though, again, I know maybe he's probably not, you know, a young player, a part of that young core because he's like, what, 27 years old. But I would say the Pistons slightly. I do agree with you guys. I think it's extremely close. Um, Another question that was on the GM survey that I wanted to talk about real quick, by the way, uh, was about the NBA draft. And so the question was, who will be the best player from this draft in five years of this 2021 rookie class? And the GMs actually voted. I I found it very interesting because I thought it'd be either Jalen Green or Kate Cunningham. It wasn't. It was actually Evan Mobley. He received 33% of the vote. Kate Cunningham was second with uh, 30%. And then Jalen Green was third. Do you guys agree with this or not? Because I was I was very surprised about it, and I'm I'll say right now I probably wouldn't agree with it. Yeah, uh, it's it's surprising. Okay, I think Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley is probably the best big prospect like in a very long time. I think you're probably looking at Crondy Towns, Joel Embiid. Like he's up there in terms of prospect wise entering the draft. I think. It's just because he's so fluid for a seven foot for someone who's seven feet tall. The way he plays the game is just it looks like he has like guard like skills and the way he can pass the ball. He's an amazing defender. The shot looks promising. So, I mean, some some scouts I remember when I was like doing draft research, some scouts thought he could play like the three, which is ridiculous for someone who's seven foot tall. So I can see why it's just that. The odds, he has a longer curve of development than I guess Jalen Green and Cade do, even though uh, Cade is like going to be a ball handler. He's going to be point guard and point guard struggle for big man, like development comes. It also comes at a pretty slow rate, but um, I could see, like, I could see him being a dominant, dominant player. Now this comes down to whether do you believe our bigs, can they carry teams? I personally think like bigs like they are great players but you really need to build around you need to get other pieces a big can't carry a team as far as like a wing player for example so in that way then i don't know but it's plausible it's possible a lot of people were really high on evan mobley i think he would have gone number one in a lot of draft classes this draft class is just loaded just by the way it's loaded at the top three so it's possible for sure that's it that's exactly what i was gonna say I was going to say if he was in the 2020 class or if he was in the 2022 class, he would have gone one overall with zero doubt. Um, so I think for that reason, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, if, if it was up to me, any of the three of Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham is an acceptable answer. And I think part of the reason why people picked Mobley was maybe because he has some uh some some guards on his team to help him um some young guys like Sexton and Garland so yeah I think that that's pretty much the main reason yeah yeah I mean I think those are fair evaluations I would definitely say you know it's a guards league and so that's why I was kind of surprised just because I think in terms of younger players, a lot of people tend to try to build around guards. And so that's why I would, in my opinion, I would go with Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, or Jalen Green. Um, I would actually say Jalen Suggs could possibly turn out to be that guy. We'll see what happens with the Magic this year and the logjam that they have at the guard positions. But, yeah, I think, you know, I don't think it's a crazy crazy answer because again like you guys said if it was any other draft Evan Mobley is going number one I just think with Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham at the top of this draft I think it should have been one of those two 
the other thing that I'll add, by the way, is that I think Jalen Green, honestly, in my opinion, is as much of a surefire superstar in this league as there is. I've been so impressed by him. I, I mean, I've been watching him since the G League, and he's looked fantastic. And I, you can see how his game easily translates to the NBA. With Cade Cunningham, I would definitely say the same, um, though I would say maybe not as much. But I think Cade will turn out to be a great player, too. So in my opinion, it should have been one of those two players. But again, Evan Mobley is a fantastic pick, too. So, yeah, but um, that is that is pretty much uh it for this episode and the three rings podcast again we're sorry that we took a month <laughs> to come out with the next we'll be one back. don't worry we'll be but yeah exactly don't worry about it we'll be we'll be back to hopefully weekly uploads we are thinking we'll be doing a regular season preview so be on the lookout for that sure. over the next week and a half or two weeks yeah um any last things that you guys wanted to add a Mason Plumley rap. I saw that. Just, yeah, that's either, either all friendly, I have to say. I was just like, "What the fuck?" But <laughs> yeah, that's all. I just wanted to add that uh, Michigan is looking very good in football. By the way, I know this has no correlation to this podcast, but make sure to tune into Michigan Nebraska this weekend, where hopefully the boys take the dub. But yeah, no, that that will do it for this episode. Again, thank you for listening to Three Rings Podcast. Um, Make sure to follow us on Spotify as well as Apple Music and then hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Three Rings Podcast. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Make sure to like and subscribe. Peace.